This episode of First Encounter contains spoilers for the video game Final Fantasy VII. If you've not played this game, first off, what are you doing? Don't be like me. And second, go play it instead of listening to us. If you'd like to follow along, listen to the end of the episode for where we play to next, as well as how you can get in touch with us. We would also like to take a second to say that we are in no way affiliated with Square. We're just a couple of guys trying to have fun with a cool video game. Do we meet other Kate Siths? Uh, I'm not going to comment on anything that may or may not happen in the future. I'm going to have sex with Kate Sith. <laughs> I will confirm that that does happen. <laughs> oh, good. Cl- Cloud just absolutely has sex with Kate Sith. As soon as you get Kate Sith in your party, it overwrites all of the other date mechanics, and you just plow Kate Sith. <laughs> oh, no. That's awful. We don't have, uh, we don't have cans to make a noise, so I'm going to... Just fuck around with the bottle can, with the bottle opener. Because oh, everyone loves scraping glass noise. Yeah. I would like you to have this beverage. Thank you. Yeah. What's that you got there? It's, uh, I got a uh, Green Blaze IPA. This is one of those beers I'll get because like a six pack of bottles is nine bucks. Like as opposed to, you know, a four pack of cans being like 15 bucks for, yeah. like, for uh, like craft cans. And uh, this one I get a lot on hotter days. Um, today is not a hot day at all. It is a very cool 50 degrees outside. So I'm actually quite chilly drinking this <laughs> yeah. beer. But um, I really just want a hot tea right now. Yeah. But uh, but it's pretty good. Yeah, it, It's good. Um, I've been looking for a good IPA that doesn't break the bank for me. Because I do tend to gravitate toward those $15 four packs. Yeah, same. So we dived back into Final Fantasy VII. The hit predecessor to final fantasy 8 directly tied in story no, 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 no. <laughs> no. if you're gonna do that you have to connect it to a different final fantasy 7 property we've already way. done all that i couldn't think of anything else i mean you said ones that i didn't even know existed what the fuck is uh, a crisis core <laughs> <clears throat> so we got back to final fantasy 7 the seventh the seventh um Picks up after we uh escaped from coral prison and by escaped i mean Really just rode a chocobo right out of there. Yeah. We heard in the last episode that we needed to head south across the river, I believe, is what they uh, they told us. Um, and uh, where did we end up heading to? Well, the first thing we stopped by was a burned-out, blasted Mako reactor with a buggy. You can uh, go back to Junon Harbor if you wanted to. Sure, I don't. I don't like that place. But how do you think Mr. Dolphin's doing? Uh, hopefully in a can of chicken of the sea is how he's doing. Alright, well, what the fuck's this? You have to get out of the, the car. You Get out of your car. This is gonna quit this game. <laughs> I have a car. That's fucking weird. Yeah, but you didn't expect cars in a Final Fantasy game. So, uh, we take the buggy into this area from the world map. Once we transition from the world map into the, into the area map, I guess you would call it, um... We stumble in on the Turks. So Rude and Reno are standing off to the side talking about who they like. And it is adorable. Is someone there? Ah, shit. Hey, Rude, who do you like? What are you getting so embarrassed about? Come on, who do you like? Tifa. Hmm, that's a tough one. But poor Elena, she, you... No, she likes saying. I never knew that. But Sing likes that ancient. Jesus Christ, this is a weird place. 
I don't know. I just find that the cutest thing, <laughs> just knowing that you're like a deadly instrument of Shinra, just mm-hmm. standing around being like, so who do you want to give flowers to and smooch on the cheek? I think mm-hmm. it's adorable. Yeah, really cute. So we find out that Rude is into Tifa. Holy shit. We're starting today off right out of the gate. <laughs> uh, so I hate Rude now. Oh, man. No, He's so kidding. sweet. I actually really like, I really like all of the Turks. I find them... It's funny, they seem to be the human aspect of Shinra, right? Because, like, all of the uh, board members, like Heidegger or President Shinra or now Rufus or Hojo, have all been just garbage, just absolute trash people. But all of the Turks are obviously following our orders. You know, they're not doing good stuff by any means, but they have a human side to them. And this was a really cute, like, aside where it was just like, oh, yeah, we're going to talk about who we like. So we find out that Rude is into Tifa. Do we find out who Reno is into? No, but we find out that Elena is into Sang. Right, but Sang is into Aerith. Yeah, what a mess. What a nightmare. Sang has no chance with Aerith, right? We're just we're we're on the same page there. Yeah, okay. I think it's safe to assume that the guy who's watched her grown up while trying to kidnap her all her life probably doesn't have a oh, strong gross. solid. Yeah, yeah, Sang was like an yeah. adult and a like a Turk when she was seven. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. Oh, man, that recolored that for me in a real gross way. <laughs> yeah. So now we're on the same page. Yeah. Now it's not as cute anymore. Now it's just gross. What a mess. Yeah. So we are just listening in when Elena stumbles upon us and kind of takes her a second to realize that we're there. She seems a little bit spacey, like she's yeah. not 100% there. But um, yeah, Elena's just like, ah, shit, like, guys, <laughs> she kind of pushes us towards Reno and Rude. We start getting into an altercation and Elena's like, I'm going to go tell Sang you guys deal with these two, which is hilarious because I don't think we fought Elena to this point. No. It's so stupid. They always talk about who they like or don't, but Sang is different. Uh, Oh, no. (laughs) Fuck. We've been spotted. They're here. They're really here. Hmm. Then it's time. Rude. Don't go easy on them. Not even the girls. Don't worry. I'll do my job. It's been a while. Payback time for what you did in Sector 7. How could they know we were coming here? They followed us, but there weren't any signs of it. Then that means... A spy? Maybe? No, no way. I don't even want to think about there being a spy. I trust everyone. I know who it is. Fucking Kate Sith. It's always Tifa. No, it's always Kate Sith. After we spank Reno and Rude, we uh, make our way up to the burned-out reactor. Um, we approach it. It's obviously just ruins of a once, you know, fruitful working reactor, just gone horribly awry. Uh, as we're admiring it, though, a helicopter uh, appears on screen. So we do a runner. Um, Cloud runs and ducks behind the <laughs> reactor core, which is really funny to me. Uh-oh. Helicopter. Oh, shit. Scarlet! And saying? It's Scarlet. Head of Shinra Weapon Development. So, fun fact, this is the first time we've learned what Scarlet is. Yeah. Head of Shinra Weapons Development. How do you feel about that? Uh, Considering the last time we saw her, she grabbed a gun from a stormtrooper and started firing it at Dine and Barrett. And I believe she would have been the one that cost Barrett and Dine their arms. Uh, Not great. And I have a feeling Barrett's going to feel real not great about her. Stormtroopers. <laughs> Yeah, you know what they are. Oh, shit, are we hiding? They don't know we're here. The helicopter lands, and out come our favorite 
Sang. Classic Sang. Classic Sang just runs out of the helicopter screaming, hey, fuckers. <laughs> and uh, Scarlet, who has been making more and more appearances lately. So uh, it's been pretty cool to kind of see more about her. And we learned what her uh, role is. This is, I believe, at least in, in my memory, the first time we've heard her role as the head of weapon development at Shinra. Yo- Yikes. <laughs> this isn't any good either. You only get junky materia from junky reactors. This reactor is a failure. What I'm looking for is big, large, huge materia. You seen any? No, I haven't seen it. I'll get on it right away. Please, we could make the ultimate weapon if only we had some. I just can't wait. With Hojo. <laughs> With Hojo. I can't say it normal. <laughs> With Hojo gone, weapons development's been getting a bigger budget. But even if we make the perfect weapon, could that stupid Heidegger even use it? Oh, I sense infighting, Chris. Oh, sorry, I forgot Heidegger was your boss. <laughs> Let's go. Sang looks like he's going to fucking murder her one day. Big, large, huge materia? Just what are the Shinner up to? Oh, this is real bad, Chris. This is real, real bad. She just wants all of that materia. Huge, big materia. The best. The best. The biggest. She looks into the core of the reactor and she's like, ah, damn, nothing here. She's like, but I know we've got it somewhere. Have you seen it, Sang? And Sang's like, no, I haven't I haven't seen any. I Why did you take me? Yeah, he's just like, I'm here to bodyguard you. I have no idea what else you want from me. Oh, one other thing that Scarlet says is now that uh, Hojo's gone, she's been getting his budget, <laughs> which is really funny. But also, like, I saw that lab. Like, the fuck was Hojo spending money on? It, Nothing good. No, it's just nightmares. Like, yeah. it probably should go to weapons development or something. Literally anything. Honestly, the only one on that board who deserves any money is Reeves. Actually being, like, a city planner and, like, a seemingly decent human. I do want to... I and, hope we see more of Reeves. And Mayor Domino. Oh, yeah. Mayor Domino's <laughs> the shit. Yeah. Reeves is cool, though, from what we've seen. Yeah, yeah. He seems to not be a bad guy. I, I feel like he's not really in line with what Shinra wants. Yeah. He just really... It seems like he believes in his own mission. So uh, we successfully hide from uh, Scarlet and Sang until they realize they, uh, this burned out reactor does not have what they're looking for. Uh, once they leave, we look in the reactor core and we pulled out a materia. Do you yeah. remember what materia it was? Titan. Titan, right. It's a summon. You're going to like it. I'm real excited. Yeah, I'm hoping I'm hoping to use it next episode. I think I, uh, I, think I left with Tifa in my party. So, But before we leave, check out Gunganga Village. What is it? Gungaga? I think it's Gunganga. Gunganga. Gungaga Village. Check out the village. So we head up to the village, and uh, the first thing we are met with is a scene of an old man and a younger woman in a graveyard. A reactor explosion three years ago took my husband. Do people really need reactors to live? Aren't there more important things in life? That's the same woman, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Do people really need reactors to live? No matter how much I pray, it won't bring our grandson back. Renegades of this time and age. Oh, so we've uh, found this little purple town overlooking the reactor here, it looks like. From the graveyard, we kind of roll out into the greater quote-unquote village. Um, there's, I think, five houses. Uh, the first one we visit is a item shop. Huh! Did you want something? <laughs> Buy accessories! Hear a story! Nothing in particular! I like this character. <laughs> People can live without the Shinra's Mako reactors. That's not a story. That was a garbage story. 
We voted to outlaw the use of Mako energy and live with nature ever since the explosion. All right. That's, that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. It's like the, uh, this is the Final Fantasy version of living off grid. We went to the next house in the village, which was an inn. Uh, we did stay the night there because I was pretty low on health at this point. And uh, where did we head from the inn, Chris? Uh, the next house. <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> well, I wanted you to take it over so I could take a drink from my beer is what I wanted. You a traveler? Hey, wait, that glow in your eye. Are you a soldier? Oh, you're right. Don't you know anything about our son? His name is Zack. I know that name. It's a name you've mentioned before. It's like Cloud's commanding officer, right? And soldier? I swear, I know that. It's been close to ten years since he left for this city, saying that he didn't want to live in the country. I assume Zack's dead. He left, saying he's going to join Soldier. You ever hear of a Zack and Soldier? Hmm, I don't know. Zack. Uh-oh. Young lady, you know him? I remember he wrote us six or seven years ago saying that he had a girlfriend. Could that have been you? No, it wasn't. We walk into this house, and one of the patrons of the house says, Your eyes, like, you have Mako eyes. Are you uh, are you part of Soldier? And you're like, uh, who's asking, motherfucker? <laughs> um, they're like, oh, well, our son said he wanted to join Soldier. His name is Zach. Do you know him? I know the name Zach. Not really sure where from where. Probably from Chris in the past. I believe the commanding officer of Cloud at one point, or his mentor or something, was a guy named Zach. I don't know anything past that. Um, and I don't even know why I know that, honestly, <laughs> at this point in my life. Mm. Cloud's like, I don't know, fucking never heard of him, <laughs> which is interesting because like, I thought we were supposed to know. Like, I thought, I don't know. It's, it strikes me as weird because I feel like I know that Zach was his mentor. And if he doesn't feel like he knows him, that's weird. And that kind of ties in with something Tifa says to him later, which, which we'll, we'll get, get to. to. But Tifa seems to act real weird about the whole Zach thing. She just kept kind of like repeating his name and like being real suspicious. And like the couple are like, do you know him? And she's like, no, no, I don't, don't know anyone named Zach. And he's, they were like, well, he wrote to us about his girlfriend 10 years ago. Was that you? And I'm like doing mental math. And I was like, <laughs> I don't think that was Tifa. She would have been like nine. So <laughs> um, Cloud kind of pushes her a little bit as do the parents. And she's like, no, it wasn't me. Like, fuck off. Leave me alone. And she storms out. We leave the house and find Tifa in the village center, being real squirrely still about Zach. We kind of question her a little bit more, but she really doesn't... She doesn't give us anything. Tifa, what happened? Sweet Tifa. What's going on, Tif? Zach. Do you know him? No, I don't know him. Your face tells me differently. Oh, don't fucking lie. I told you I don't. All right. That sounds just like you, leaving town and saying, I'm joining Soldier. There were a lot of guys like that back then. You must really be something, making it in Soldier out of a group like that. I really respect you. I just got lucky. Don't be so humble. Cloud, thanks for caring. Lots to unpack there. Definitely gotta unpack some shit in there. Unpack some of that shit soup, as they say. Hmm. Are we ever gonna learn about Zack? Maybe. If I don't bumblefuck my way right <laughs> past it. Alright, are we uh, done in Gungaga? Let's Gungaga the fuck out of here then. Ugh, there's too much fucking intrigue around it. I want to know more. Yeah. So that was really, I think, all of Gungaga Village and the burned out Mako reactor. Where did we head after uh, Gungaga Village, Chris? Well, we uh, spun our buggy around a couple times in the forest. What is that? Chris, what is that? Frog jab. 
I love him. Look at them. Look. What? 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 What is happening? Am I a frog now? Yeah. Chris, I don't care for that. What do you mean? I don't want to be a frog. How long does frog last for? And then bumped into uh, Cosmo Canyon. They uh, they study the planet there is what yeah. they say. Um, it seems to be just mainly a village made up of scientifically minded folk. And we also learned that this is dun, 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 Red 13's home. Yeah. So you roll into the town. And someone screams, Nanaki's back. And we're like, what the fuck's a Nanaki? And at that point, we realize Red 13 isn't Red 13's real name. His actual name is Nanaki. Cosmo Canyon. Hell yeah, boy. <gasps> I am home. It is I, Nanaki. Hey, Nanaki. You're safe. Come on. Say hello to Bugenhagen. I guess, yeah, Red 13 probably couldn't be his real name. Here's where I was. I mean, this is my hometown. My tribe were protectors of those who appreciate this beautiful canyon and the planet. My brave mother fought and died here, but my cowardly father left her. I am the last of my race. Cowardly father. Yes, my father was a wastrel. What a word! So the mission I inherited from my ancestors is to protect this place. My journey ends here. Hey, Nanaki! You're home! Coming, Grandpa! Grandpapa! Grandpapa! I'm just dead tired, everyone. How about some rest? You fucking just napped, Kate Sith. We literally just stayed at a hotel, Kate Sith, you absolute piece of garbage. We hear uh, someone calling for Nanaki off screen, and Red 13 just fucking books it away, screaming Grandpa. Yeah. So uh, he books it away, and we start exploring the village. How do I get up there? I want to talk to the kid on fire. Yay! Nanaki is back! Nanaki's back! It's all thanks to this flame! This fire is called Cosmo Candle. It has burned for generations. It's a holy flame that protects this canyon. I've heard it only went out once, long ago. The elders said something horrifying occurred, but I really don't know much else about it. Well, let's not put that out then. I'm sure that's fine. How do I go up a uh, ladder? There we go. Nailed it. First try. Got him. God, I'm good. All right, I want to fucking go over there to see what that green arrow thing is. I give up. Let me down. So uh, we explore the whole village. Don't really find much until we get up to the highest point of the cliff, uh, which is like a, a star observatory. And we find Red 13 talking to his grandfather. Um, his grandfather is seemingly probably not his real grandfather. How dare you? <laughs> um, he is a human and not a dog. <laughs> I got the vibe that Bugenhagen actually raised Red 13, though. Probably. So I think the grandfather was more of a nod to that. But yeah, Bugenhagen definitely like the elder of all the elders. Cloud, this is my grandfather, Bugen. He is incredible. He knows everything. Ho ho ho! I hear that you looked after Nanaki. Nanaki is still a child, you see. Please stop, Grandfather. I'm 48. Ho ho ho! Nanaki's tribe has incredible longevity. So you see, his 48 years would be equivalent to, say, that of a 15 or 16-year-old human. 15 or 16? He's quiet and very deep. You thought he was an adult? Grandfather, I want to be an adult. I want to grow up to be able to protect you and the village. Oh, oh, oh. no, Nanaki, you can't stand on your own yet. To do that now would destroy you in the long run. That's so sad. Reaching up into the heavens, threatening to snatch the very stars from the great city of Midgar. You've seen it, haven't you? Well, that's a bad example. Looking up too much makes you lose perspective. 
When it's time for the planet to die, you'll understand that you know absolutely nothing when the planet dies. Ho ho ho! Maybe tomorrow or a hundred years from now, but it's not long off. How do you know this? I hear the cries of the planet. Bugenhagen kind of told us that he wanted to show us his apparatus, right? Yep. And like show us a little bit more about planetary science because we're interested in saving the planet. Yeah. Claude's all about that planetary shit. He is. He really is. Uh, but he, first, he's like, why don't you go get two more members of your party? Because it'd be weird if we just went up there, me, you, and, and Red 13. You know what I'm saying? Like, go get two other people who don't contribute anything to the cutscene. I'm not taking Kate Seth. I can tell you that right now. Your I'm, loss. I'm pretty over Kate Seth. Ah, I found some Barrett, eh? I bet Barrett would appreciate it. He cares about the planet. Barrett does it. Yeah, let's go with Barrett. I like Barrett. What? What? <laughs> the fuck you want? I found Barrett, like, one level down from Bugenhagen's loft. And uh, when he talks to me, I get the option to put him in the party. And then I also, like, it, it basically lets you access PHS from there. So I was able just to pull Tifa in, too. And I was like, I'm not looking for anyone else. So me, Barrett, and Tifa uh, start legging it back up to Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen takes me, Nanaki, a.k.a. Red 13, uh, Barrett, Tifa, up to the uh, apparatus level of the observatory. And this is a really fucking cool cutscene. So we kind of see the solar system of Final Fantasy VII. Do you know what else I really like besides trains? Space. Space. That was pretty cool. Oh, this is amazing. Oh, yes, it is something, isn't it? Well, let's get to the subject. Eventually, all humans die. What happens to them after they die? The body decomposes and returns to the planet. That much everyone knows. What about their consciousness, their hearts, and their souls? I think we're about to hear a word that I've known. The soul, too, returns to the planet. And not only those of humans, but everything on this planet. In fact, all living things in the universe are the same. The spirits that return to the planet merge with one another and roam the planet. They roam, converge, and divide, becoming a swell called the life stream. Yeah! 20 hours into the game, and we finally heard life stream. This is another word I know from uh, a combination of the Mega Rand's Black Materia album and Advent Children. Life stream, in other words, a path of energy of the souls roaming the planet. Spirit energy is a word that you should never forget. For real, dog. Children are blessed with the spirit energy and are brought into the world. Then, the time comes when they die and once again return to the planet. Of course, there are exceptions, but this is the way of the world. Bugenhagen tells us that everything kind of has its time and place. And when you finish your time and place as a human, animal, plant, whatever, any living being on the planet, your body is returned to the earth and you decompose and you're returned to the planet that way, you know, in a very physical sense, but also in a metaphysical sense, your soul is returned to the planet and the soul of any other living being as well. And those souls kind of congregate into one thing and wander the earth. And that is called the life stream. The life stream is made up of spirit energy and spirit energy when mind is Mako. Spirit energy is efficient because it exists within nature. I have a bad feeling about this. <laughs> when spirit energy is forcefully extracted and manufactured. Oh, shit. <laughs> it can't accomplish its true purpose. Hey, Chris. Yo. I, uh, I might know what Mako is. Oh, yeah? 
I think I think Mako might be spirit energy. I think now that it's being forcefully extracted and manufactured, it can't accomplish its true purpose. Oh, that's, I don't know about that. So what you're saying is we're burning through all the natural resources of the planet. Literal souls. That is so fucking dark. Every day, Mako reactors suck up spirit energy, diminishing it. Spirit energy is compressed in reactors and processed into Mako energy. All living things are being used up and thrown away. Christ! <laughs> in other words, Mako energy will only destroy the planet. I don't want to talk about the cutscene too much because I don't want to detract from how great it was. But basically, what Shinra is doing is mining souls to fucking use this energy, which is so dirty. That is so fucked up, but also just so capitalist. Everyone else kind of leaves, and has a little bit of an aside with Bugenhagen. And Bugenhagen's like, Nanaki thought his father was a coward? The fuck? The thing that bothers me about that is, like, I'm sure Red 13 must have mentioned that at some point, right? Like, over the past, how old did they say Nanaki is? 48? I feel like in the 50 years that Bugenhagen and Nanaki have hung out, Red 13 might have mentioned the fact that he thought his dad was a coward. But no, no, this is the first Bugenhagen's ever heard of this. Um, so at this point, Bugenhagen's like, oh, we can't have that. Head back to the fire. Head back to the fire. <laughs> he says, all of your, uh, all of your, your, your homies are hanging out by the fire. Uh, so we go down, talk to, uh, all of our homies at a, uh, fire that is, I think it was the Cosmo candle. So, uh, we chat around the fire and I feel like we get a couple of interesting asides. So the first one is Aerith. I learned a lot. The elders taught me many things about the Cetra and the Promised Land. I'm alone. I'm all alone now. But I'm... We're here for you, right? I, I know, I know, but I'm... I'm the only Cetra. Does that mean we can't help? Looks away. Oof. I really like Aerith. She's a really good character. I, I feel like that's a big legacy for her to uphold, right? And it, it kind of ties her to Red 13 in this moment, too, as the last of their kind with a huge responsibility on their shoulders of basically upholding the legacy of their entire peoples. And it seems to definitely hit Aerith harder than anything has hit her previously. Like Aerith's always been kind of fun and doesn't really take much seriously. It seems like uh, until this point, this is the first time we've really seen Aerith take something like super seriously. Yeah. Uh, We end the conversation with her. Uh, I think we talked to red 13 next who just gives us dots until we talk to Tifa this is where things get real weird. Cloud, bonfires are funny, aren't they? They make you remember all sorts of things. You know, Cloud, five years ago, it's nothing. No, forget it. I'm afraid to ask. What is it? It feels like, it feels like you're going far away. You really, really are you, right? Hmm. I didn't like that. That ties in a lot with like the like missing memories and with the like who the fuck is talking when you're near Mako reactors and I don't like that, Chris. Mm. Tifa asks us something along the lines of like, you know, I've been thinking about stuff, Cloud. Are are you really you? Fucking, how do I know? Like I thought so, <laughs> but now Tifa's got me making you know like wild accusations out here. Like, are you you? Yeah, yeah, I'm me, man. What the fuck do you think I'm thinking? But um. This ties into a lot of other parts of the story. Things like me knowing externally that Zack is Cloud's commanding officer, mentor, or something. That Cloud knows Zack. 
but he doesn't have any recollection of Zack in this moment. He has no recollection of what happens with him and Sephiroth after they seemingly fight at the Genova statue at Mount Nibelheim or Mount Nibel, excuse me. Um, why Cloud hears voices that answer for him at the Mako reactors and in certain other situations where, you know, he meets key people and he's like, and they're like, you know me. And he's like, takes a second, hears an inner voice. And he's like, yes, I do know you. Am good robot. <laughs> um, Definitely feels real dirty, though. Like, there's something wrong with Cloud. Definitely get that vibe at this point. I mean, kind of had that vibe from episode one, to be fair, but definitely seems to be something very different with Cloud. And this is the first time we've seen another character be like, hey, things don't seem super right with you. And of course, childhood best friend Tifa, the person who probably knows his best in the world, aside from our mom, who is dead at this point um you know she's the kind of the perfect person to call this out but this is the first time she's called this out and this is 20 hours into the game so this is pretty interesting um i'm i'm very intrigued and chris has just the biggest shit eating grin on his (laughs) face right now um after her talking to tifa we talked to barrett next yep oh boy i got i got choked up at this part um i think this is the first time literal tears have been shed from me playing this game Cosmo Canyon. This is where Avalanche was born. Fuck. Yeah. There is a lot that just like comes out in this area, huh? I promised my guys someday when we save the planet from the Shinra that we'd all go to Cosmo Canyon and celebrate. Oh no. It's gonna be rough. Biggs. Wedge. Jesse. Now they're all gone. Died for the planet. Really? To save the planet? We all hate the Shinra. But is it right to go on? Will they... Will they ever forgive me? I'm getting choked up, sorry. <laughs> uh, right now, I really don't know. But I do know one thing. If there's anything I can do to save the planet or the people living on it, then I'm gonna... Sorry. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I don't care if it's for justice or revenge or whatever. I don't care. Uh, I'm gonna do it. Again. Again, Avalanche is born again. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Son of a bitch. That's what I was waiting for. <sighs> hey, you stupid fucking marshmallow. Do you have anything? Really, really choked me up. It was really good. I, yeah, I, I don't know how else to explain it. It was just really good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, From there, we go to talk to Red 13, who is the last person we can talk to. <laughs> what about Kate Sif? Oh, yeah. I don't even remember what he said. I'm just like so fucking done with that character. He was like, yeah, it's been a while. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. We have no idea. Like, seems like he's been here before. Maybe. Cool. Eh. Cool. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Um, Yeah. So we got to talk to Red 13. Long ago, when I was still very small, we were all around this flame. N- no, never mind. What happened? It's about my parents. When I talk about my mother, I am full of pride and joy, and that's fine. But when I think of my father, my heart is full of anger. You really can't forgive your father? Of course. He left mother for dead. When the Gi tribe attacked, he ran off by himself, leaving mother and the people of the canyon. Come, Nanaki. There's something you should see. The place may be dangerous. Cloud, will you and one other person come with us? As we talk to Red 13... 
um, Bagenhagen. <laughs> Bugenhagen. Bugenhagen. I don't know if that's how it's pronounced. Bugenhagen. Yeah. Uh, comes balling his way on screen and is like, "Hey, heard you thought your daddy was a coward. I have something I want to show you, but it's dangerous. Bring Cloud and one other person to make sure we're all safe." So I took myself, Cloud, Red Thirteen, because you have to. And uh, was it Aerith? Because uh, since he said this place is dangerous, I was like, eh, I'm probably going to need some heals. Yep. Boy, did you. Boy, did I. Followed Bugenhagen up to a sealed door that we had encountered earlier, but it was sealed, so we just kind of moved past it. Are we going in the secret door? Oh, shall we go? All right. Come in. Come in. You lead the way, Grandpa. What? Are you crazy? It's dangerous in there. I told you that. <laughs> You want an old man like me to go first? I'll be right behind you. Oh, 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 oh. I like him. Yeah, dude. Booger Hyman is in my party now. You know what the kids say? That guy is the beast tits. <laughs> what? Ooh, this is looking it's interesting. It's fine. It's okay. We step into this cave and uh, have to kind of climb down a series of ladders into this kind of glowy, gross cavern where we learn the spirits of the Gi tribe, who were the enemies of Red 13's tribe, um, used to attack the canyon from this area, it seems like. This area is haunted by their ghosts, who were unable to return to the live stream because they're bent on vengeance or something. I don't know. Whatever ghosts do. I want that. Give this me looks that. Good. How do I get that? I don't know. You'll have to figure it out. This is a strange-looking rock. Break it open. Fucking did it. Fucking nailed it. Surprise these legit monsters. I'm kind of looking for a game over in this area. I'm not going to lie to you. Really? I don't know if I like that, Chris. Stumble around a little bit, break some rocks, and eventually find the rock to break that opens a secret cavern. The next area has all of these, and by all of these, I mean one, uh, like slick areas. I ran straight into it. These spikes come out of the wall, drop me down to one HP for every character in my party. And then I got into a fight with one of the geese spirits at that point. We, uh, we died, Chris. Yeah. Ratchet that death count up to two. Did you know my snake is a member of the gee tribe? <laughs> Do you know my snake is a member? <laughs> that was good. That Ooh, was really good. Oh, no. Why is my health like that? Because you hit the spikes, I imagine. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Oh, this is it. No, it's not. Oh, it's not it. Oh, it's it. No. 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 So then we uh, loaded up our previous save, headed back into the cavern, went through everything again, and finally got back to the point where we were. Learned that if you walk on the slippery parts, you don't fall into the uh, spikes. So fought some spiders, fought some spiders. Hey, Chris, do you know uh, what the single only animal in the world I don't like is? Dolphin. Uh, that's not true. <laughs> Sorry. Hold on. Let me back that up. Hey, Chris, do you know one of the three animals I don't like in this world are? Is it a spider? It is spider. Do you know why? Because they're fucking terrifying. Spiders are just friends that clear out bugs for you. What just happened? Fat Chocobo? Oh, yeah. What the fuck is that? What do you want? What happened? What do you mean? Why did that get cast instead of Chocomog? What are you talking about? Fat Chocobo. What is that? I was looking away. I, did, I literally, like, I looked over and it said Fat Chocobo, and I was like, wait, what? Uh, never look away, Hanny. That's how you miss life. Just I flying guess by. guess so.
after we kind of clear out the spiders from this area, make sure we got all the items, we forward into the last area of the cave. Uh, the last area of the cave is a giant like skull face on the wall. And Red 13's like, uh, is that thing? And Bugenhagen's like, oh shit. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, it's alive. And you learn that like the spirits of the gi, at least some of them, if not a lot of them, are embodied in this physical being that can come back to life and uh, come out of the wall that it's attached to and start fighting you. So uh, we get into a boss fight here. Ah, don't like that. Probably should have healed before I came in here. Eh. Did he just take Gareth, Chris? You didn't want to use her, did you? I did. Listen, healers are overrated. Mm. Are they, though? I bet they're going to be resistant to fire. I bet they're going to be better than resistant. Oh, no. Please don't. Please don't. If those numbers are green, I'm walking out of this room. Oh, no. This was a hard one. This was probably the worst I've done in a boss fight. I, I don't think I had to revive anyone any, but it was yeah. getting low several times. Uh, so this this was a couple of fire spirits and an undead. So I learned that bio does not work against them. So no poisoning. Fire heals the fire spirits, obviously. So that was out. So I think I did a lot of ice attacks, a lot of lightning attacks, and a lot of... I used as many summons as I could to get through it. It, it was... It was a hard fight, though. It was probably the hardest boss fight I've had to date. Yeah, it um, was definitely the messiest. Definitely, yeah. It was a longer fight because you ended up with no MP on anybody, and you were just smacking Physical it Physical attacks only. I was really surprised when I finally killed the, the main boss. Um, but eventually got there in the end and moved on to the second scene uh, of this episode, which made me break down crying. Thank you, Cloud. Because of you. Nanaki, you've grown strong too. <laughs> but fuck Aerith, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah? Now I know that wasn't a mistake bringing you here. Come, I have something I want to show you right over here. This is... The warrior who fought against the Gi. He kept them from taking even one step into Cosmo Canyon. But he was never able to return to town. Look, Nanaki, look at your father, at the warrior's seto. Oh, fuck, that's so cool. He was petrified. Hmm. Oh, fuck, that's so cool. That, that's Seto? Seto continued to fight the Gi tribe here to protect this canyon, even after the Gi's poisonous arrows turned his body to stone. Even after they all ran away, Seto continued to protect us. And he continues to protect us, even now. Even now? You thought that he was a coward and ran away, but he alone risked his life to protect Cosmo Canyon. That is your father, Seto. Did mother know? Ho ho ho, she knew. The two of them made me promise to keep this cave shut. They asked me to seal it myself and not tell a soul. They said we should forget about this cave. Dots. Cloud, would you mind leaving the two of us alone? Seems like we're in the bottom of the canyon looking up at the edges. And Nanaki, Red 13, is like, is that? And Bugenhagen's like, yeah, just so you know, there was one warrior who gave everything to keep fighting the gi and that was our like proud warrior seto and we learned that red 13's father got infected with these poison arrows that uh that petrified him so as he was still giving everything to defend the canyon against the gi um he like fought to the very last and his body which is petrified now stands still at the top of the cliff like with all the arrows in it 
Uh, and Bugenhagen says something along the lines of like, he's still defending us today. Nanaki, I want you to continue your journey with Cloud and the others. Grandpa? Listen, Nanaki. Cloud says they are trying to save the planet. Honestly, I don't think it can be done. For even if they stop every reactor on the planet, it's only going to postpone the inevitable. Even if they stop Sephiroth, everything will perish. But Nanaki, I've been thinking lately. I've been thinking if there was anything we could do. As a part of the planet, something to help a planet already in misery. No matter what happens, isn't it important to try? Am I just wishing against fate? I am too old to do anything about it. This year I'll be 130. Ho ho ho. That is why, Nanaki, you must go with them. For my sake. Grandpa. I wanted to show you your real father before you left. I'm so glad that you came back while I was still alive to show you. Grandpa, don't talk like that. I don't want to think of life without you. Ho ho ho. Well, I've had a long life. Grandpa, you must live. I'll see to it. I'll see to what's happening to the planet, and I'll come back to tell you. Nanaki. I am Nanaki of Cosmo Canyon, the son of the warrior Seto. I'll come back a warrior true so, to that noble name, so please, Grandpa. Oh, God damn it! round two. <laughs> this always gets me. Oh. I fucking lost it. I just, it's so good. It's so good. I'm, like, getting a little teary right now talking about it, but it was just... Oh, I love that. I just, I love it so much. They did such... That was... Uh, it's just executed so well and you know it gives this like closure to red 13 understanding that not only was his father not a coward he was actually a fucking hero and he asks spookenhagen he's like did my mom know about this and he's like yeah it was her idea <laughs> yeah they both asked me to seal this cavern up tight never tell anyone about it <laughs> it's like oh cool so fucking you know spent 50 years of my life thinking that my father was a piece of shit and turns out he's the greatest guy on earth yeah he also seemingly knows about Sephiroth, which is interesting. Yeah, he knows everything that's going on with the planet. Hugen Hagen's the fucking man. Yeah, he's real tapped in there. Uh, yeah, from there, uh, we kind of cut back over to, oh, Cloud, who, who do you want to go with you? <laughs> it's like very awkward transition back to the PHS screen. And I chose three. This is so fucking weird. I chose three people, and then uh, I start leaving the town to go save on the world map. And it's like Red 13 comes running. He's like, no, I got to come with you. Should I get going? So this is it. Red 13. That's just the way it goes. You came in handy at times. He literally just said he wanted Red 13 to continue on the journey with us. What the fuck? Red 13's his own person. Sorry, let me just he, wipe he's these... got some shit to unpack. I guess so. Let me just wipe these tears out of my eyes here. I can't believe it's raining in here. <sighs> it's raining, sir. Wait for me. I'm coming too. Hmm? Cloud, please look after Nanaki. What happened? I think I grew up a little. That's what happened. And that is where we'll be, where Try we'll be playing. Just, just, this is where we're stopping this shit. Jesus left. And so we have to like PHS again after leaving to get Red 13 back in the party if we want him. But yeah, that was a major story point at which we ended the game. We just went to the world map and saved and ended there. Chris, what are your thoughts for today? Um, I guess a, what do you think's up with like Zach and Cloud and Tifa and what's going on with all this? So I feel like Tifa knows more about Cloud's post-Nibbleheim incident than she's let on. Mm. 
And I feel like she understands that Cloud might have lost some of himself or some of his memory. And she's trying to be careful about what she says to not upset him. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I have no, no, not very much (laughs) evidence to back that up. But that's what I'm thinking. So I'm thinking that she seems to know more about the Zack person, right? That Cloud doesn't seem to know about. But I know externally that Cloud should know Zack. Which is funny because... I also shouldn't know that. <laughs> so like, I'm trying to think of like, if I didn't have the few spoilers I had for this game, what the fuck would I think about? I would have been like, eh, who the fuck cares about Zach? Or it would have been like, Tifa got a boyfriend. She doesn't want to talk about, but knowing that Tifa like 10 years ago, when Zach left to go join soldier and never wrote to his parents again, if he was an adult at that point and Tifa was like 10, probably wasn't her boyfriend. I really hope square Enix. Don't let me down on that one. Um, yeah, so I think that Tifa knows something about Zack that she doesn't want to tell Cloud because she doesn't want to upset Cloud for some reason. Hmm. I don't think it has anything to do with boyfriend-girlfriend shit. Uh, I think it's more to do with Cloud not seemingly knowing who he really is. Because Tifa's also like, Cloud, are you really you? And that's another weird thing that that Tifa said this this episode that made me think that Tifa is starting to be more concerned for Cloud's sanity than she has been in the past Mm. and setting zach aside what do you think is cloud's deal at this point in the game my thought right now is that he has severe memory loss for some reason but i don't know i mean i'm assuming he got a shit kicked in by sephiroth in that fight don't know why sephiroth would have left him alive though probably a specific reason for that as well but I feel like there's something wrong with Cloud in that his something like some parts of his memories are fabricated, but I'm not sure if it's really like artificially fabricated or his like his own mind just like was trying to fill in gaps after getting his shit kicked in by Severoth. Mm. So I'm not really sure what's going on there, but that's my my guess. My best guess is that he just has some sort of amnesia that's uh, stemming from trauma of fighting Severoth. Okay. That's my guess right now. And going back to the uh, Genova's party boat. Yes, that was a great time. Why was Sephiroth being so weird with him? That was weird, too, because Sephiroth, like, we saw that they went on a mission together, and then Nibelheim happened. But at the same time, Sephiroth would have been such an elite soldier already that he probably would have just been like, oh, well, I don't fucking care who this kid is. Like, he's just, he's whoever. But he also seemed to know stuff about Cloud at that point because he's like, oh, yeah, isn't this your hometown? And, like, how would he know that unless he knew a little bit about Cloud? But then, you know, by the time he gets through Nibelheim, he's kind of on his high horse. And he seems to think himself so much better than Cloud that he kind of just is pushing him aside every time. So I don't know if he's been dormant all these years just like thinking about his higher powers and his higher goals and cloud just hasn't registered as like a being of importance to him Mm -hmm. that would be my first guess my second guess is that there's a reason both of their memories are missing around each other but cloud knows who sephiroth is he didn't like completely forget him he was just like oh no he was a fucking he was the man back in the day now he sucks so they there seems to be both of them having gaps in their knowledge of the other one my other thought would be that they are somehow the same entity that was split. I do think that that it's a little more far-fetched than I think this game would go for. Um, 
I don't see that being the real reason. That was just like a maybe thought that I had. That's like my best next guess after there is a reason that after their fight, both of them have emerged from each other's kind of consciousness. Mm. What do you think's coming up? Uh, where, at, where are we headed? Man? We don't actually have any direction at this point. My goal is to just head for the next nearest uh, blip on the map. That's a town and see what happens. Solid. Um, and see if there's anything cool along the way. I really want to get back to Midgar at some point and check in on um guy i also want to get back into shinra headquarters and uh pick up that megaphone yep i also want to go back to junon harbor at some point and talk to the guy who was fixing the uh underwater access to the mako reactor in junon harbor um i want to ask you a question yeah before we uh wrap up here totally what was to date the past 20 hours we've played which i can't believe it's been 20 hours already yeah only 50 left to go <laughs> um what has been your favorite part that I've uh, encountered so far? Because I have a I have a distinctly favorite part so far. Yeah, uh, I really liked um, the moment where you started getting choked up about around Barrett. Oh, um, my favorite section has still been Nibelheim because it felt like it was the first episode that really like just grabbed you and yanked you into the into the story. That is also what I would say so far is my favorite part in the game to yeah. to, to date because. It was probably Shinra headquarters leading into Nibelheim. So Shinra headquarters, I think, built up mm-hmm. everything around Nibelheim. So like that was where I started getting really excited. And then having Nibelheim follow that so closely after, that was fucking awesome. That was just so, so damn cool. Um, but Nibelheim just, it gives you so much in such a short amount of time, whereas everything else has been teased out. It just, it kind of was both titillating in um, <laughs> it was kind of a titillating in that like it had a lot of mystery around it but also very satisfying and giving you a good amount of information to make you happy up to that point i think that brings us to the end of our talk through for today yeah do you have any final thoughts you'd like to share with our listeners uh let us know how you're liking it how do these uh how does the new setup sound does it sound good is it working i hope it sounds good yeah all right well with that Thank you so much for listening to the First Encounter podcast, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the First Encounter podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, please go leave us an Apple review. They make a huge difference, and we would really appreciate it. Additionally, you can find all of our past episodes and how to connect with us on firstencounterpodcast.com. Please come say hi. Join us next time on First Encounter as we return to Nibelheim, and we play up to the point where we crash our brand new boat right into the ocean. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.